Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Well, now, don't you tell me to smile. You stick around and make it work your while. From the Hudson River out to the now, I rode the marathon to the very last mile. Crack cocaine, baby. That's the Beastie Boys. I know. That's that's what I mean. Where do you rank the Beastie Boys on like? I feel like to put them outside of the top fifty would be disrespectful. Top fifty. Yeah, no, I wouldn't put the Beastie Boys outside of the top fifty, but they get like thrown into the '80s catalog for me, right? Like. Even though they kind of, their sound is, that's that early 90s kind of like hip-hop, right? Uh, that real it's, I mean, it's face. a punk rock hip-hop hybrid. Yeah. They started as a punk band. Did they actually start as a punk band? And yeah. And transcended It started hip-hop? out as a punk band. And you want to know what? Um, I, If I recall correctly, the Beastie Boys were the first hip-hop project that Rick Rubin worked on. I'm not surprised, right? He probably saw them three white boys and was like, you know what? Hold on. That seems like a bunch of fun. Hold on. Yeah, guys. I, like, really dig the music you make. (laughs) You mean you like how we scream into the mic? Yeah, that part. (laughs) I kind of dig that. Oh my Let's God. go into the recording booth. I think I know the mix. Yo, like the way the Beastie Boys rap became like the stereotypical, like when you were rapping, like until Vanilla Ice, right? Like that's how white boys rapped when they would rap in things like. Do you want to know how white Beastie Boys rap is? When I was at summer camp, there was a when game. When I was at summer camp. Exactly. <laughs> when I was at summer camp. There was a game? There was a game called Beastie Boys Rap. Beastie Rap? Where you say something and they have to rhyme, repeat it, and back to you. Yeah, no, that's an improv game, dog. I had to play that shit when I was in fucking improv because that's also one of the whitest things ever. I'm not saying... Shout out to Wayne Brady. (laughs) The Beastie Boys was the go-to like style of rap for white boys all the way up until Eminem that's right you guessed it <laughs> duh who the fuck else was hey, I gonna say hey who the fuck G- yellow G- wolf did y'all think I was gonna say yellow wolf guess, guess who beastie boys no, is G easy that's right <laughs> beastie boys is the favorite artist of somebody that you and I both enjoy the favorite artist of David Jacoby which is actually super hilarious. Yeah, dog, that's kind of the favorite. Like, yeah, top. he's like, he's like the, they're, he's like they're not the best, but the Beastie Boys are my favorite group. Yeah. However, Redman is his favorite MC. You know who else's favorite MC is Redman? You know what it is? It's the term MC that's bothering the shit. Up. Eminem. 
Eminem's favorite rapper is Redman. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. What about after he got sober? Is Redman sober? I feel like Redman. Oh, I mean Eminem. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's right. Eminem is sober, which makes all the which makes all the weird. I like that relapse. He by the way. I liked a lot of the songs off of Relapse. Which one is the one that has 3 a.m. on it? That would be Relapse. Is the, is, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. Even in the morning, I put the key in the door in. <laughs> Your mom is watching porn and on the floor. <laughs> Sometimes I feel so alone. I just don't know. Feels like I've been down this road before. So lonely and cold. It's like something takes over me as soon as I go home and close the door. Kind of feels like deja this vu. And when the getaway just does the place I do. And I can not want and I say and I know and I try because I know and I just keep crashing through. This is Doc. And this is Ziggy. With the flood. And by the time that this is all edited, I don't know how much of that intro you will have had to actually have to sit through. Content but content. When it's all said and done and we Doc, get what here. Do we do? We take that pop perspective. To put the culture into context. And make the happenings of the week in the mainstream make, make some sense. sense because doc if we do not make sense then we, we don't make dollars and we're still not making dollars yet so you can subscribe to the patreon <laughs> at the flood pod <laughs> but no seriously we are that weekly pop culture digest where we take a little bit of what's been happening with news uh zig gives his sports updates we dive into some of the latest music and video games. And there is a lot of new releases coming out that suddenly got announced this week. Speaking as well jobs. as um, salacious celebrity and political gossip. And some of the, you know, just cultural discourse that's been happening on the internet. I have a championship ring to give out. Oh, we got some championship rings to give out. Uh, we're going to talk about that cop who was fired for getting pure evil tattooed on his knuckles. What? Um, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston is All right, I have, old for I'm, her comments. I'm going I'm, I'm to hold it. Because I am a, I, hold I, I, I hold it. Because Jennifer Aniston, uh, your bae, is getting trolled for some of the comments she made about internet celebrities and them being famous for doing nothing. Um, Did she at Kim K? <laughs> no, but she added Monica Lewinsky <laughs> <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Democrats are buying political ads for Trump candidates. Squid Game, the reality TV show, might be a thing. But as I was talking about a bunch of new releases coming out, how about we talk about some old releases that came out back then with This Day in History, one week from today. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. That is the day that you guys will be listening to this, not the day that we are actually recording it. But because we record week beforehand because yeah, so, we have lives and he's got two kids and, and i mean well to, to put it in context that by the time you hear this everything will be like two but weeks we also know that we're behind so we try to play ahead to the game i mean we're always ahead of the game but we're trying to tell you to catch up so when you're listening to this it is the day that you need to hear 
So, this is mostly the day of famous releases. However, there were some other major historical things that happened. In 1941, okay. U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt signs Executive Order 8802, which forbids racial discrimination in the defense industry. Discriminating racially against people in the defense industry. The people who want to fight and put their lives on the line to defend the country. So this is the law because we, apparently we needed to make it a law to not discriminate against people who wanted to be patriotic. Let's not forget that citizenship was originally only given to land-owning white gentry in the Constitution. So, mm -hmm. unfortunately, this needed to be a law. And nine years later... Nine years later. Also on June 25th... On June 25th... In 1950... Also, happy Juneteenth. <laughs> well, yes. I figured we would get to that later. I mean, we will, but I'm going to drop it. In Why 1950, not? North Korea Why? invades South Korea and begins the Korean War. Okay. And then... Ergo, creates MASH. So the reason you were suggesting the Korean War is relevant to today's society is because of the TV show MASH? No, I'm just saying that it is a result of. How long do you think it will take before we get a reboot of MASH in Kiev? Ooh! Who do we get to play Zelensky? <laughs> Zelensky Hollywood! Obviously. Give us the bad! He is an actor! <laughs> Duh. That's why I said obviously it would be Zelensky. But he already, right. like, his... He was playing a parody of a president before. So, so now he now would be playing a parody of a president parodying himself. And that's how you get meta. You know Gen Z likes the meta, right? So now you get Gen Z roped in, right, by um, making... Uh, I, don't, I don't know anything else about MASH, so I don't know how to keep this joke going. He in the brain, you wanna rule the universe. Pinky in the brain is where you went with this. Why? Why? Because we did better first. Why? Why is the trolls will say we're so fast, but we did better first. Animaniacs. That was it. Hi, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in every week, rocking with us as my baby cries in the upstairs. I don't know if that'll get picked this up. This is the flood with Doc and Zig, where we go and do a dig. On culture in context and make the mainstream sense. We're Doc and Zig the Flood. Uh, but that wasn't terrible. I've never tried that before anybody. That was literally off the cuff. And that wasn't terrible. Speaking of things that aren't terrible. Before. Speaking of things that aren't terrible. That freestyle wasn't terrible. Wasn't terrible. No. So what is the next uh, history fact that you are equipped with? All of the fun drops start to come out. In 1982, something that was uh, widely considered not bad. The science fiction film Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Harrison Ford and Rucker Hauer, is released. Did you say 
considered not bad. Yes. <laughs> Critics pretty much have a consensus that the film is not bad. How do you feel about the film Blade Runner? Oh, Blade Runner's fucking sweet. Okay, so you but think it's, it's it, good and therefore it's not bad. Okay, what else came out this day one week today from now? Two years later on June 25th. Okay. When this... Prince releases Purple Rain. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking about a classic, right? It's like that's... Prince is the only person to have the number one song, album, and movie in the country at the same time. Bam. Simultaneously. Like came through e heat. Like getting an EGOT would never. <laughs> Prince dropped Purple Rain and changed the motherfucking game. People didn't know what to fucking do, right? They were like, oh my god. Michael Accidental bars, I don't even know if you saw through. <laughs> Michael Jackson was like sitting in the club like, I might have to drop a house album after this. <laughs> <laughs> You do it, Aubrey. Hey, listen. Honestly, never mind. <laughs> is, is Quentin like after listening to this album? Is Quentin like on ZipRecruiter right now? <laughs> like, hey, yo, Drake, please just call me the next time you need somebody to ghostwrite for you. I don't know what that was, bro. Don't do it. Dude. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Because in 1993, yeah, get to another major thing premiered, and that was the Late Night with David Letterman. The Late Night with David Letterman allowed David Letterman to get a center stage to where he was a very groundbreaking comedian. Yes. To the point where if you listen to any of these other major comedians talk about who their favorite comedian was growing up, a lot of them say David Letterman in their top five. Would you say it was because uh, Late Night put David Letterman in a space where he was, I guess, more widely available, right? Like, he, the visibility increased, right? Like, because a late-night TV show was a space for a stand-up comedian to really kind of take hold in a way that uh, stand-up comedians... At the time, in 1993, late-night was whatever the fuck Johnny Carson did. That's... And Johnny Carson started as a uh, fucking... Didn't, didn't he start as a stand-up comedian? He started as a magician. Did he start... I will... You remember how we were talking about Yuri Geller? Thing. Yeah. About the time that, the, that he was suing because of the Kadabra card, and he's just like, I'm gonna let you use my name so you can have Geringer as your second form of... Yeah, you know all that bullshit that we went through. Yeah, okay. Johnny Carson had I Yuri guess. Geller on The Tonight Show and was like, all right, bend the spoons. And Carson went like full Jon Stewart watching this guy try to bend spoons. He's just like, no, 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 don't touch them. You can't touch them. Like all of this because shit. He knows, because, because he, knew he knows how to do magic. No, I, I Johnny Carson got to start it. doing magic. Stage performer, 
right? Oh, okay. Through and through. Through so, and through. Uh, Why do you think Carson was so good at what he did? But late night TV, right? Like I feel like that's the space, right? Like that's the the Super Bowl. That's the MVP. Well, in '93, in '93 when Carson retired, it was late night TV's equivalent of when Jordan retired. It's just exactly. like it's kind of like there was a power vacuum. It's like. Who's the comedian that's it's, gonna make us chuckle after yeah. the sun goes down? Right? That's 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 kind of my point. As it has grown from comedians like David Letterman, right? David Letterman's legacy really helped solidify the industry that is late night TV. Yes. Right? Like when you think about late night TV, you think the late show, right? So If Letterman didn't exist, there would no way in hell be a daily show. I, hmm, hmm, I mean, wouldn't you have to give that to Carson, though? Also, like, our generation's Letterman is Conan. I don't want to disagree with you, right? But isn't it Stephen Colbert, though? <laughs> no! No, no, no. Colbert is kind of like his own entity you at this point. You think so? I, I think mean, Colbert is like, Colbert spent a decade playing a conservative parody so well that some conservatives liked him. I don't, I would go further to say than they just liked him, right? Like, I think they, they, uh, there was quite a few of them that I feel like believed the shtick, right? Like, and that's why they're so disappointed in him now when he's going hard against Trump. And Never everything. once did they think to process that it was on Comedy Central. Just like Don, when Jon Stewart went on Crossfire and he was just like, why are you holding me to, to journalistic integrity that you don't even follow? My show follows prank phone calling puppets. It was one of the funniest ever said. It's kind of funny, the idea of aliens invading the planet in 1996, where Will Smith and Bill Pullman and Jeff Goldblum team up to take them all down in Independence Day. Which I will admit, I still have never seen. You mean... Excuse me, what? I have never seen the film Independence Day. How do we host the pop culture podcast? (laughs) And you've never seen the movie Independence? Listen, I will admit it's been a long time since I've seen Independence Day, but I have definitely seen Independence Because if that's the case, I'll just start walking around Baltimore streets to speed up the process. How do you make me... I'll carry a copy of Catcher in the Rye with me. How do you make me Yoko no, 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 you're not Yoko Ono. Oh, I'm, I'm the, saying... Uh, I'm, I'm the rest of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm the crazy one that wants to imagine all the people. <sighs> Honestly, if I was a Beatle, I probably would be John Lennon. It's just, you're just taking a one letter out of my last you... name. You are just taking away from the fact that you haven't seen one of Will Smith's greatest movies ever. Wild Wild West? 
No, I haven't seen Wild Wild West. Do we have any more uh, historical contextual references? Yeah, we do. Well, in uh, 2021. Another one. Former U.S. police officer. Former. Former. U.S. police officer Derek Chauvin sentenced to 22 years and six months for the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And if you want our raw reaction to that, check out the episode Under the Jail. There we go. That's all all I got to say about that. If you want to know what we had to say about, damn, I can't believe it's time to end on Juneteenth, nonetheless. Well, I guess it's Juneteenth when we're recording this, but... It will be uh, post Juneteenth when you guys are here. Who's the perfect representation of Father's Day and Juneteenth, and why is it Bernie Mac? Mmm, that's a good one. I was gonna say Lawrence Fishburne and Boys in the Hood. I was thinking about that one <laughs> earlier today. Yeah. Also, another thing, I was a looking hybrid at... of those two. So I was looking I was looking at my closet, right? And right. I saw these shoes and I'm like, I wanna wear these blue Adidas's. And then I looked at like what matches the blue Adidas's? And then I saw the Jackie Robinson jersey and I'm like, I'm away No, that's a little too try hard. Too try hard. Happy Juneteenth! I'm gonna wear my Jackie Robinson jersey. I'm nope. the ally. Too try hard. Too try hard. Uh, I appreciate you for the self-awareness. <laughs> also, I'm going to add Uncle Phil to that list and John Amos from Good Times. All right. <laughs> so, in celebration, that was the last of This Week in History, one week from today. That's right. And on that Hold on. Since we are celebrating Father's Day, though. On this day. The actual How about day this? That we're recording. Let's go through, as we are, a pop culture, putting culture into context. Father's Day celebration. We'll do five rounds. Five You'll rounds. start and name a good pop culture dad. And then I'll name a terrible pop culture dad. Okay. Um, dude, can I use ones that I've named already? Sure. I name a good pop culture dad, and you name the terrible equipment. Yes. Well, right. no. You just name a good one, and I'll name a shit one. It doesn't have to be like an equivalent to whichever one you name. I mean, but I'll do my best semantics. to try to compare. Semantic. Okay. So, uh, uh, like I said already, James Evans Senior from Good Times. Goku. <laughs> I like how you put. Uh, I mean, terrible, right? Terrible. Uh, I feel like I saw the, a meme the other day of when Chi-Chi was giving birth and Goku was trying to get Vegeta to like sneak off and train while she was like literally giving birth. And he was like, now is not a good time to go train Goku. And Goku was like, it's not like you're giving birth, Vegeta. <laughs> My favorite scene from all of Dragon I'm Ball is still workout, is still bro. them in the future and Trunks is like Goku, give me a sensu bean and he chews it up and he kisses Mai and Goku's like Ew, well he's putting his mouth on her. <laughs> Vegeta is like 
wait a minute, you've never kissed anyone. Goku's like, no, that's weird. But you have children. Yeah, yeah what does that have to do with kissing? Yeah, dog. So it just. All right, so you got one. It just. And here's the, and I got the terrible bad. Dre Johnson from Blackish. Frank Gallagher from Shaveless. Oh, wow. Wow. I feel like, see, that's an equivalent exchange there. <laughs> I feel like Frank Gallagher is definitely the opposite of Dre Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is as polar opposite as you can get, right? That's but, like, you couldn't get any more polar opposite unless you did, like, fucking Dr. Huxtable and fucking Al Bundy, right? <laughs> like... Oh, man. Okay. You know what Al Bundy reminds me of now? And, like, this is a super relevant one, because for all of these people who don't follow this Twitter account, you need to. Reminds me of the uh, the three-star Letterman coach account. I think I just started following that account because you told me about it. Do you want to He never financed his water. So this this guy's Twitter account. His, his Twitter handle is three-star Letterman. And uh, basically, this is all you need to know. He has a company 2011 Toyota Tacoma, fully loaded. He bought a waterbed without financing it. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm to assume he is a baller of sorts. Uh, he has at least one SEC championship somehow. Somehow. We're not gonna explain who we played for. He's a three-time high school letterman. Okay, okay. And he is a championship peewee football coach. No references dropped. Nope. No, none of that. Okay. All right. So. But if what, all of you what are the like, tweets be like, what is? What did the tweets be like? Well, eight hours ago to celebrate Father's Day, three-year letterman at three, number three, year letterman. Today we say Happy Father's Day to Ben Franklin, the father of the oldest country on the earth. He authored the Declaration of Independence during his presidency and literally wrote your right to free speech and bear arms into that document. Thank you, sir, for inventing democracy. Mm, mm, I feel like that's a spicy tweet to tweet out on Juneteenth when this is one black ass Father's Day. Um, uh, well, he responded to a guy who responded to Obama five hours ago. Obama, happy Father's Day to all the dads and father figures celebrating today. Of all those I've done in my life, I'm most proud of being Malia and Sasha's dad. Oh, so sweet. What does he mean of all those he's done? Does Obama have secret children out here that we're not aware shut of? Shut up! Shut up, Hannity! <laughs> Somebody responded to Obama saying, what on earth are you talking about and how does this get so many likes? What am I missing here? To which coach said, patriotism. That's what you're missing. You mean how he sunned the entire Republican party for eight years? That's what I'm talking about when I say this one black ass holiday. <laughs> this one black ass Father's Day. On this very special Juneteenth Father's Day, I would like you all to remember how black men raised this country up. Three-year letterman responds to PGA Tour. British Invasion finished Matt Fitzpatrick, second Englishman to win 50 years in the U.S. Open, to which coach says, 
They still have zero SEC championships and are 0-1 in Revolutionary Wars. <laughs> Nobody's not wrong. Listen, listen. So, um... Good dad. We got two more good dads to go, right? Um, I've named three so far, um, if I'm counting correctly. I'll just give you Piccolo. My next one was going to be Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Really? Yeah. Because mine's Shao Tucker from Full Metal Alchemist. I mean, also not another bad polarization as far as I'm concerned. Uh... More of a homogenization. A polymerization? Okay, okay. Good day. Good Pause. You do know who Shao Tucker is, right? Yeah, this is the dude who turned his daughter into the dog, right? Fused his daughter with his dog. Yeah, I mean... To make a chimera yeah. to save his job. You act, you act like I don't know why he... I know the episode. <laughs> I wasn't gonna disagree with you. You terrible dude. Bob would never fuse his children together to make a tasty burger, right? Like the no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. The equivalent of that. I can actually say unequivocally that Bob would not do that. The equivalent of what Shao Tucker did would be like Bob murdering his children to make a burger special, right? Like a cannibal Holocaust burger. Uh, I also feel like that is now a creepy pasta waiting to happen. Right, where Bob murders all of his children for a tasty burger to feed to, um, uh, what the fuck is the dude's name that comes and sits at the counter all the time? Teddy? Yeah? Alright, I have, I have my last bad parent. Um, I haven't given a good dad yet, though. Okay, hold on, wait. I got one more good dad to go. Right, oh, I didn't, yeah, uh, fucking Uncle Phil. Right? Because I didn't say Uncle Phil. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil! For okay, real! My last one is every parent in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Also, all the dads in South Park? Except for... No, the dads are there! No. No, Randy is a terrible parent. But Kyle has a dad. Kyle, and he's like never there. He's No, he's just busy getting all the time. caught trolling online. And... Yeah. That was it. That was his biggest scandal, right? Was no. I'm definitely saying the kids are the, the parents of Ed, Ed, and Eddie because they literally are absent the entire show. I mean, so is Cartman's dad. Well, I guess Cartman's mom is his dad. Have they ever actually explored who Cartman's dad it's is? It's his mom, right? Like she's a hermaphrodite. Cartman told her to go fuck herself. And that's how he was born. It's like, uh, don't quote me on that. I don't remember. But they did do that Who's Carmen's Dad special. I, I feel like I remember the outcome of that being Carmen's mom was a hermaphrodite. Or something like, I, I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. Officer Barbrady. Also, I don't know if hermaphrodite is a politically correct term. So excuse me if um, I stepped on somebody's toes. <laughs> I will say, to end the shitty father thing, another shout out to another anime, because apparently they don't like positive male role models, except for if they're green. What does? Uh, 
Who does? Nobody gives a fuck about Father's Day. It's a, it's it's not. I'm not saying I don't give a fuck about Father's Day. What I am. Well, saying, I mean, no, no, we were. All right. So this happens to be Father's Day on Juneteenth, right? So you were messaging black me. Black ass father, don't do it. No, 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 no. no. You were messaging me early, mm-hmm. and he says, "I do. I need a hilarious slash offensive." Hotep father joke. Not like I was asking my white co-host for that joke. But I was trying to think of a very satirical Hotepy joke for this black ass Father's Day that also happens to be Juneteenth. Right? I was looking for something along the lines of a Tariq Nasheed or even an Omar Johnson and Umar Johnson kind of thing. Yeah, um, well, you you said that you were trying to come up with this joke to your white co-host, who you know is scatterbrained. Who I would also like to... But I he knows that I, would, I can't help myself. Thank God that I do the editing. <laughs> Go ahead. So Doc asked me for what I could come up with. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he insinuated for what I could come up with <laughs> and tell the folks what you came up with I was inspired by a TikTok that you sent me where it was a hotep as an end boss in a fighting game while you were watching Sailor Moon you forgot how many moons ago they were sailing away with our bodies <laughs> wake up Kang Stop eating corn. Oh god, I wish I could think of what that dude's TikTok handle is. If I can find it, I'll drop it up here. Anyway, so Doc asked me... uh, No, he nondescriptly asked me about a way that I can come up with a joke to help him with this. To which which I said, Huh! Black fathers will get a respect as soon as they get 40 acres and a mule. Oh, God. And I feel like the way you delivered it makes it so much worse than when I read it in the I I was trying to go through the the energy of the the same fighting game thing. Yeah, I know what you was going for. That's not the point. I was just joking. But... Nah, listen, that one, it was good, right? But it wasn't the it wasn't the tweet I was looking for, right? It wasn't Was it too harsh? No, it just wasn't meta enough for what I was trying to like. Like I said, I needed it to be like slightly triggering but also hilarious. Did I get right? it three fifths right? Wow, like that would have been that that was good. And one I'm, of my favorite tweets to this day. I wonder how much the NFT of the George Floyd video will go for. Yikes. I was speechless. I had nothing good to respond to that with. That's a heavy tweet. And on that note, I think we're going to take a break.
after this shit, I'm gonna jump back on here and let y'all know like how I feel about the performance that we just witnessed. Yeah, no, and like he he did one within five hours of them winning the championship. Draymond had an episode posted where he was how like, "How yeah. Smith was my nigga." <laughs> He was like, all right, yeah, Derek Payton, come on, yeah, come on in here, let's talk. Yeah, yeah, so you know. And then at the very end of it, he's just like, four-time champ, I'm out. That's crazy. That is crazy. Well, I guess that is a good time to go into our wrap-up of the NBA Finals. And I will say... Disheartened. Congratulations to... Congratulations to Steph Curry, Draymond Green... Clay Thompson, Steve Kerr, and the rest of the Warriors for winning the championship over the Boston Celtics in six games. Wow, how begrudged of you. You definitely sounded so, like, forced just now. I'm not even going to hold it. I'm never eating a turnover again. Uh, uh, Literally, I want... All I want to hear and see from Boston training camp is them dribbling. Like, that's it. Wow. Shut up and dribble. All right, Laura Ingram. (laughs) Calm down. Speak your mind, and I'm not restraining your freedom of speech, but seriously practice on your dribbling. I like how you came in and cleaned that up. But seriously, practice on your dribbling. Like, if I don't know how much of it you watch, but, like, Jalen Green... I love Jalen. He's probably my favorite Celtic. But after his second dribble, he just doesn't know what the fuck to do. Because he's a wing player. He's <laughs> like a wing player when they get it off the catch yeah. or when they take it off of a, off of the screen. Right. They really only need two dribbles to cover the space to get to the rim right. or to set up their shot. Yeah. But when, you know, you have somebody like Draymond playing on you and you don't get your two dribbles straight drive. And you gotta get out of And you have to like back out. Just every now and again. When yeah. you're not used to having to back out, that gives the defense the chance to swipe at it. Right. And, and when you're going against one of the best defenders of all time in Draymond Green, he's gonna capitalize. Yeah. Gary Payton II really stepped up on the defense. And even though Steph is typically considered a weak link, he still picked up a couple of steals each game. He wasn't a slouch. It doesn't help that Jason Tatum didn't do much. <laughs> That's it? That's your analysis is Jason Tatum just didn't do much at all? Right? Just kind of stood on the court. Well, he, was he like, shot, he shot is... a lower percentage from two-point than he did from three-point. But he took less three-point shots than he did two-point shots. Right. So there if was you no just do the math... The performance. Right. It's not efficient basketball. And now we're living in the era of analytics and people are able to track the amount of real time success of people are able. It's getting so like ridiculous that people are able to track the collective amount of distance each player runs in a given game. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) So like, oh, in this game, you ran six and a half miles. Yeah. Or in this game, you ran 4.75 miles. 
okay, well, you've ran this amount of miles. We have to rest you because we can't have you. It's like treating them like yeah. cars. No, it, it's worse than cars, dude. It's literally like, it's like Moneyball, right? Like, that's the, the point basketball is now, right? Like, it's become I think so... you're. I think you're using the word Moneyball because I read Moneyball, the... the the book by Michael Lewis. Right, but well, I, the equivalency I'm drawing here is the way they were trading the players is the way that basketball analysts are breaking down the metrics, right? Like the the way that baseball fans look at the metrics of like contracts and stuff like that and what it means for the team is the same way that they are actually looking at or that they are looking at the actual athletic ability of these basketball players right like because that factors into the contracts that these guys are given when you know we're looking at players who are looking at 88 million dollar contracts over four years you don't think that they're taking all of those like real-time performance analytics into play Based off of what you're saying, you literally know the mileage that you can get out of an athlete. The it's got like is. LeBron is getting to the point where he's trying to preserve his body to the he's now trained himself the proper way to rest on the court. Yeah. Yeah. No. He spends over a million dollars a year in just physical condition. Oh, absolutely. No, I I, I You know what the great thing is? Steph Curry doesn't have to do nearly as much as that because you know, the last thing a basketball player loses is their jump shot. And he's the best you can and he's the best shooter ever. So I would equate it to pitchers, but it's more like catchers, right? Or I guess even It's more like goalies in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could I mean you can swing a bat for a pretty long time too. Who now and once you lose your bat speed, you're done. Like it's such Micro fractions of a second when it comes to baseball. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that's but that's the like there in basketball you can you can do techniques or like change your game, right. maybe like slow your timing or alter your timing but a little you bit. Hear... In baseball though, if you lose fractions of a second on your swing, you can't hit a major league fastball. And at the end of the day, if you can't hit a major league fastball, you can't play in the major leagues. Yo, but see. That's exactly what I was talking about. The way you broke down baseball metrics. That's what I mean by Moneyball. Like, they figured out baseball has been played long enough for them to be able to analyze a dude's bat swing. Baseball is unique. Baseball is I don't the think it's only unique. sport I think where it's just... analytics has, quote-unquote, solved it. We're getting to that point with basketball is what I'm trying to say Right, like even with the different techniques and like the different innovations that players and coaches and physical therapy are now bringing to the game, right? And it is evolving in a way that is allowing these athletes to perform at higher rates for longer than what they had previously been able to. I still think that we are getting to a point where they are going to be able to manufacture players in a way that the evolution we are seeing now becomes standard and basketball will begin to look how baseball looks. So there's a couple problems with your comparison here. Uh, And a lot of it comes from the structure of the games themselves. In baseball, which is much more of a slow burn, wouldn't you? 
Not only that, it is much more confined. The batter hits the ball into play. Where can they run? They can only go to first. Assuming that they only have enough time to go to first, right? Because you can run all the way home if you get it. That's what the fuck I want. But you always have to go to first. 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 Okay. With basketball, it's an open court. Okay. So you have a lot more free range. Do you realize when it comes to basketball, there's real no good way to measure defense. Blocks aren't an accurate measure of defense. Wouldn't it be turnover rate? Turnover rate is not either. How so? How do you figure turnover rate is not a good measure? Maybe somebody doesn't get blocks or steals, but they always have a hand in their face, and the person that they're guarding is shooting 25%. I would argue that the whole objective of a basketball team's defense is to get a turnover. Yeah, but the best way to get a turnover is not always a block or a steal. Sometimes it is giving them the least likely chance to get a shot, a quality shot. And catch the rebound. Right, so I would say that then the like, measurement like of- in every single in the finals, perfect example. Every single time it got to the point where the Warriors had nothing to do and they threw it out to Draymond Green on the three-point line, I was ecstatic. I was like, Whoo! great, we get the ball. And wow. you know what? Every fucking time it happened. If you can take 23 seconds off of that 24-second shot clock to give Draymond Green one second to shoot a three-point, I will take that every single time. However, the other things that came out of the NBA Finals are the good old-fashioned narratives. We all love those narratives, right? What were some of the narratives that came out of this uh, Finals lineup? Celtics side first. Was Jason Tatum gun-shy, or was he just too young? Everybody's thinking like, oh, he didn't perform in the playoffs. He can't really be considered a superstar even though he ascended through these playoffs. Jalen Brown is 25 and Jason Tatum is 19. Oh. Actually 24. But... (laughs) Do you know where that running joke comes from? No, but... So, in his rookie year, like, he was doing some fucking crazy phenomenal shit. And every single game, the national announcers would be like, can you believe he's only 19? <laughs> like every single game. It's, okay. it's such a meme now to the point where okay, I want to yeah, get I a custom it. Celtics jersey that says he's only number 19. That might be a little problematic. At least it's not she's only 17. Ah, DJ Academics. Calm down, bro. Ezra Miller. Calm down. Did you hear? No, but did you hear about DJ Academics, dog? Oh, DJ Academics. I don't know if it was on his podcast, somebody else's podcast, but he says his golden rule is if she's got a college ID, he's smashing. It's a lot easier to get a fake college ID than a real fake ID. He don't care. If she's real 17, fake ID. She'll be fake real soon. ID. Um, I just feel like Ted. Hey, what do what do we what do we call that? If the best you can do is a seventeen-year-old, no disrespect to you, seventeen-year-old listeners out there, but I just we feel know like, there are some. 
DJ Academics is, hold on, I just, because I just want to look up how old DJ Academics is real quick. Old enough to get his ass kicked by Freddie Gibbs. Who is out here handling whole ass mobs of niggas, right? Like, Freddie just got jumped out in fucking, uh, I don't, I think it was Buffalo, New York. Oh, okay, so Academics is, uh, 27. Right, so 27 off on a 17-year-old. When I was 27, that would have still been like, ew, no. That's, I, I can't justify it, dog. I'm not even going to sit here and try and find a way to justify it, right? Like, like half your age plus seven rounded up is still too young. Like that's a that's that's the the stereotypical bro just, code rule, right? I'm it's just, half your age plus seven. Fam, I'm like rounded down. I think too. I just I want to know what kind of situations you in where you getting it off with a seventeen year old. That's why I feel like you got to question your life decisions, right? If that's the situation, if that's I the mean, kind we, of if we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about in. questioning our. If we're gonna talk about questioning our life decisions, just like the Celtics players. Hold on, no, 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 no. Oh, you got one better. You got one better. Go for it. Go for it. Go if for we're it. gonna talk about questioning our life decisions, what about leaving Golden State to go to Brooklyn, and probably leaving potentially the greatest basketball dynasty of all time to only have Ooh. that same team win after? You're gone. Yes, for the past week, one of the number one trending topics consistently has been, has been Kevin Durant. Ooh, KD. Steph so. won before. I'm sorry. Steph, Clay, and Dre won before him. Okay. They won with him. Right. And now they've won without him. Mm. And all of those people who say that KD is a snake and they took the easy way out to the championship, well, they don't look so wrong. And this is coming from a pretty big KD fan. So what you're saying is KD. So, because a lot of what I'm actually hearing. What I'm going to say about those two finals that they won with KD. If they did not have KD, the Warriors lose in 17. Do you feel like the issue with KD is he doesn't have the team around him that he needs? Uh, in Oklahoma City, yes. In Golden State, no, clearly. Well, yeah, no, clearly that was... Clearly Golden and, State Warriors know how to build a team structure that dominates, right? And in Brooklyn... That's what I'm talking theoretically, about. Theoretically, yes. Okay. However, so... Um, Kaya, so, so, so KD made a mistake, and uh, he put his faith in... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Kyrie Irving. Lots of people was putting their faith in Kyrie Irving until they, uh, Kendrick. Including Boston at one point! Kendrick put his faith in Kyrie Irving until he got COVID, right? (sighs) 
I think KD, I mean, Boston did not make him look good this year. We, if you watch that Boston Brooklyn series, you watch KD get blocked multiple times. He doesn't get blocked. The dude is seven feet tall and one of the best shooters of all time. That's so crazy. Every time you tell me that, I'm just like this. Unnecessary. You think I have a problem with bumping into that light? Yeah, KD would literally KD have to hold his head to the side in your house. That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking about. Um, he don't need to be in here. No, no disrespect to KD. If you want to come in here and you hang out with us, sure. By all or, means, yeah, KD, just, just open the, invitation. You gonna have to sit on the floor, um, because either way, your head gonna hit the fucking ceiling. But uh, a couple of other storylines with the NBA Finals. I don't know if you heard about this whole fake Clay Thompson thing. Oh, I feel like didn't you send me something about this earlier on? So there is a guy that went viral about two years ago. Um, he got caught with a picture. He was wearing a Clay Thompson jersey, and the dude looks pretty damn close to Clay Thompson, right? So before the game. Clay Thompson, also known as Fake Clay, who's verified on Twitter. The fake Clay is verified. The fake on Clay Twitter is verified on Twitter clay. for being the fake Clay. Okay. Yes. Okay. So he goes to the game and he goes to the security and he just walks through and nobody questions him at all. And then he just goes out onto the court and he starts shooting. Until security is finally just like, all right, yeah, you, you're you're not Clay Thompson. He made it past security, though. <laughs> Man's made it past security. That and he has since funny. been banned from all events at the arena for the Warriors, okay. to which everybody in pop culture after hearing this is like, all right, Clay, like, pop culture is trumping Clay Thompson. They're like, look, Clay. You gotta do the right thing. You gotta get him unbanned from the arena because if you don't, I won't like you as much as I used to. I like that. No, we will not. I like that. Um, yeah, no, this is this is crazy. This recent spring of these celebrity impersonators, you know you had the fake Drake. Right, popping bottles in the club. He went viral a couple of months ago. Then you had the fake Takashi Six Nine, who got rolled up on by uh, the real Takashi Six Nine. Uh, and now you got the fake Clay Thompson. And I feel like at some point uh, they just gonna have to get together uh, with Matt Stone and Trey Parker and really get this deep fake music video popping. Um, and. Um since we were talking about the NBA Finals, I think it is fitting that I give out my championship ring to of the week. Let it roll. I am giving my championship ring to, to? Mark Cuban. Oh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Um, why does billionaire Mark Cuban need a championship ring? Billionaire Mark Cuban, owner of the 2011 NBA Championship Dallas Mavericks, is 
Does he still One run of the, the Mavericks? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> that's his primary. Er, no, that's not his primary. No, business. it's not. That's his hobby. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, That's his tax write-offable hobby. Okay, so why are we giving billionaire Mark Cuban? So Mark Cuban is actually a lead investor in a company called uh, Drug or Cost Plus Drugs. Oh, didn't we talk about this? This is we did, but this has been getting a lot more information because they're expanding their inventory. Now, here's a tweet that I um, took and downloaded. And just like that, Mark Cuban wins 2022. Billionaire Mark Cuban has launched a war against Big Pharma. Recently, he started an online pharmacy where over 100 life-saving medications are offered at low cost. He charges a standard 15% markup in an industry that typically sees no less than 100% markup. In just one example, a life-saving leukemia drug with typical retail price of $9,657 is offered by him for a total of $47. Insurance is not accepted due to the fact that it would force him to work with manufacturers requiring certain drug prices. So... He's offering a lot of drugs at almost like a fifty percent like discount of what they more are, more than a fifty percent up to ninety ninety percent discount. Dude, there are two two of the meds that I'm on. Okay, I'm I'm on. All right, so full disclosure, everybody. So I'm on I'm on three meds. I'm on Adderall slash Dextroamphetamine, Lamotrigine, and uh, Escitalopram. Okay. So he offers Escitalopram and Lamotrigine on this site at drastically reduced prices that would then what I, I, so no, I have I have insurance so literally all of my prescriptions are, are one dollar right. and I have insurance thanks to Obamacare thanks Obama so do you know what the price of your prescriptions would be without the insurance though I definitely look at the thing when I check out at Wegmans and it's like minus one hundred sixty seven dollars yeah. yeah. minus nine hundred forty something and I'm like well, by golly gee, if it wasn't for Barack Obama, I'd probably have to be leading up Mark Cuban. Um, yeah. However, I am absolutely going to be giving my championship ring of the week to Mark Cuban for doing this, especially seeing how they are expanding their inventory to over a thousand different drugs with a markup of a minimum of 60% off retail price according to Big Pharma. Damn. So a minimum of 60% off of retail price um, name brand or not name brand. Uh, a minimum percent of 60% off of generic brand. At um, cost plus drugs. At cost plus drugs. And honestly something the government could have done a long time ago um something that bernie sanders probably was advocating for right um, one of the big things trending on twitter as a response was elon wishes he was mark cuban oh that's a fucking loot <laughs> i think I, as I far think as mark cuban would be iron man as way far before. as billionaires go yeah. i feel like the highest approval rating or what like jay-z and Mark Cuban? I, I always forget that Jay-Z is a billionaire, which sounds 
wild, right? But um, yeah, no. I, I, what is it? it? It's like Jay Z and Mark Cuban, right? Yeah, and and I guess Bill Gates is up there. If you take away all the tinfoil hat people, um, sorry, Periwinkle. <laughs> Uh, He's been on this podcast like three or four times and still doesn't listen to it. Steve, <laughs> Steve Jobs was up there. I feel like that says something. Um, I can edit that out. Uh, Jennifer Aniston recently said a thing. Um, she said that, you know, a lot of people who are becoming famously for... A lot of people are becoming famous recently for basically doing nothing. Um, and in her statement with Variety, she named Paris Hilton and for some reason, Monica Lewinsky. Uh, oh, she certainly did something to get famous. I also feel like Monica Lewinsky did not ask to be famous. She was not trying to um, be famous for what she did. She was trying to release something. Uh, it wasn't uh, fame upon the uh, but the internet is kind of having like a backlash at the actor's statement. Maybe not which, fame, but it would be for the frame. Which ultimately accumulated in a discussion as to whether in the day of the internet celebrity there would be such a thing like the superstar celebrities that we saw growing up. People with like the superstar power of a Tom Cruise or a Leonardo DiCaprio. A Paris Hilton at her peak. Yeah, but with the invent of, like, you know, Jake Pauls and Mr. Beast, who, you know, consecutively gets streams that equate to numbers that, you know, box offices wish they could achieve at the moment. Apparently Jake went broke. Jake Paul? Mm Mm-hmm. Threw all his money in crypto. Well, I mean, that's, that's... neither here nor there at the moment we could that's talk about not that. news <laughs> we could talk about that although i'm not surprised of course they jake built- paul making poor life decisions right right um you don't say but i want your opinion on whether or not you think superstardom as we saw it growing up as millennials right like in the scene of People being ubiquitous, like, everywhere. The star power that we saw growing up of, like, do you think somebody could reach, like, a Michael Jackson status? We've talked about this before. Have we talked about this today? Not particularly in this vein, but I raised the question before. Is it better to be famous or better to be famous in anonymity? What's it feel like to be Banksy? Walking down the street... Nobody is looking your way. And yet you can walk through your own art exhibit and everybody's talking about what a genius you are. And everybody's like, oh, I wonder he's like this or maybe he's like that. And you're just sitting there. Who do you know? Okay, my G, I'm going to keep it a band with you. Who do you think is more famous? Banksy or 50 Cent? I mean, 50 Cent. Okay. Do you think that in today's world with all the SoundCloud rappers, right, like, is is 50 Cent the last of them? 
Is Drake the last of them? Do you really think that somebody can like? I mean, Lil Baby is kind of like getting up I'm there. I'm about to make you angry. Lil Nas X. I'm is about to make you angry. Okay, go Pause. Does 50 Cent have as big of a cultural impact as Banksy? Absolutely. Globally? They paint 50 Cent on the backs of buses in South America. In South America, they paint shit on buses all the time. Trust me, that's part of their tro-tro culture. I actually know what I'm talking about. Get Rich or Die Trying is a global cornerstone. Yeah, Get Rich or Die Trying maybe a global cornerstone. Maybe. Maybe. 50 Cent had white boys in fucking Ukraine screaming G-Unit. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, in ways that like like 50 and I'm not trying to ride coattails dog but like I feel like that's the reason why Eminem brought this nigga out at the Super Bowl right because it it seems like a long time ago but the chokehold that 50 Cent had on hip hop was like a pop culture global phenomenon right like he was the face of 2000s era gangster rap in a way that I feel like can't really be achieved again. That's my whole point. Like, I feel like the superstardom of a 50s. Where would you put him on VH1's top pop culture icons list? I would argue he's in the top 50. All right, I was going to say, if you put him in the top 25, I'm going to be angry. No, I would argue that he's in the top 50. <laughs> I didn't even do that shit on purpose, son. He's in the top 50%. Shut the fuck up. I feel like the kind of stardom, though, that we saw then in the 2000s, right? Like, is that stardom gone? When, or is it just, does it have a different face is what I'm trying to say, right? Because, like, if you look at people like Mr. Beast, right? or like ninja or uh and you compare them to like a drake can you think of an actor like name a big other than like zendaya right like zendaya would be the closest one that i could think of right now that is a quote unquote like super superstar in the same way that you know, Tom Cruise or fucking... Uh... Well, the thing is, this is about the modern superstar. Thank you for the alley-oop, by the way. The modern superstar in all sorts of different spheres of pop culture is a lot more transparent. For example, Zendaya is now pregnant with presumably Tom Holland's kid. <laughs> I like how you said presumably, what? <laughs> we about to get some real scandalous news. I mean, nah, shout out to the young queen. 
in the young short king. Yep. I mean, young couples heavy. gonna have a little spider right. spider girl or spider boy. Right. Uh, I'm out. I'm here for it. You know. I'm happy for them being happy. A of beautiful, course. very racially ambiguous child. Is this news though? Like it is news because it is like we're like Zendaya and, and Tom couple. Holland. I feel like are kind of like you know. The royal, are like you, the, the royal couple in America. Are you looking? He is British, by the way. I know, which <laughs> makes it all the more fitting. <laughs> Meghan Markle's American. Uh, uh, are you so? They're like the tiny, the tiny uh, Meghan and Harry. Um, who do you think is taller, uh, Harry or Tom Holland? Harry. Are you gonna Google it? I wasn't gonna Google it. I wanted to. I was thinking about it. How tall is Prince Harry? Prince Harry is six feet one inch tall. Damn. I guarantee <laughs> you he's taller than Tom no, Holland. He's absolutely mm. taller than Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland is like five six. I think Tom Holland is taller than Tom Cruise. These came back from a search. How tall is Tom Holland? Tom is 5'8". Zendaya is 5'10". Oh, damn. I'm over here calling Tom Holland short, and this nigga might be taller than me. <laughs> By a fucking inch. Fuck out of here. I didn't realize Zendaya's that tall. How tall is she? She's 5'10". Oh, that, yeah. I mean, listen. I'm only more than a half foot taller than her. That's weird. I'm only more than... <laughs> Shut the fuck. Tom Cruise. It God, is- it's so hard being so tall and so thin. Wikipedia says Tom Cruise is 5'7". And I, white and male in America. I feel like that's bullshit. I feel like Tom Cruise <laughs> is actually 5'5". Five five. Is that before or after he jumped on the couch? That's not the only thing Tom Cruise has ever done. Uh, he's also run from a lot of things and towards a lot of planes. And Scientology, and Top Gun, and Top Gun again, and The Day After Tomorrow, and The Day After Tomorrow, and The Day After Tomorrow, and The Day After Tomorrow. If you've seen that movie, you get it. I got I got the joke. It really is a good movie. I actually I- saw that movie in theaters with my brother, Michael, not, not uh, John, my, my oldest brother. Something else a lot of people saw was Squid Game. And uh, recently... A lot of people did see Squid Game. (laughs) Some people did not see the end of Squid Game. uh, Netflix has announced that they are planning to release a reality TV production based on its global dystopian smash hit. 456 players will be competing in a series of games for the chance to win 4.56 million... Netflix claims the payout is the largest lump sum cash prize in TV history. Even though Fox X Factor had previously given out contracts worth $5 billion. Right, so the X Factor, the uh, singing show, has given out contracts worth $5 million. But as far as a quote-unquote game show, Netflix is claiming that this is the largest lump sum cash prize in TV history. 
Because you're going to fucking die! Well, I don't think Netflix is going to be murking people. Although, Have you ever seen what happened to the kids at the end of Legend of the Hidden Temple? Tell me once where you saw the kids again. Tell me one goddamn time. I was going to say, given the timeline... Hold on, no, 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 no. Have you ever seen them again? I was going to say, given the timeline that we currently exist in, I wouldn't um, be surprised if people were at least pretending to be off in this Netflix <laughs> of the reality show. Does this sound like something that you would I mean, we live in the MCU timeline variant where Captain America is just the actor Chris Evans. Who also, by the way, was also in Not Another Teen Movie. The reality competition show will consist of 10 episodes, uh, one one more than the uh, dramatic series, and uh, they also released the teaser trailer for it, of which I have not looked at, and I don't really feel like a live reaction of this shit is necessary. I'm probably going to at least watch at least one or two episodes of this shit just because uh, I've seen the Mr. Beast video, and it was fun, right? The, the whole idea of Squid Game was wild, but, I mean, the competition... The execution all... of the show itself is what made it very good, though. Yeah. Like I said, it was a beautiful personification of what you can do if you take anime cinematography and visuals and translate it properly to real life. So, the uh, reality game show will be called Squid Game The Challenge and applications for... Uh, so, we just... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. So, we just take an already reality TV show and put Squid Game in front of it? <laughs> Squid Game The Challenge is now... Squid Game! Copyright The Challenge. Is now open for applications at squidgamecasting.com. Netflix is seeking contestants from around the world, but they must be English speaking and perhaps a controversial mandate given the original series. People think that the fact that contestants must be English speaking is a little bit controversial considering that the original series was entirely in Korean. But I, I already right, feel like it's not news. Um, Docs. Doc. I ran for office for content. Are you going? <laughs> I ran for office for content. <sighs> All right, what are the qualifications to apply for Squid Game? What are we getting ourselves into, Doc? And by we, I mean me, because I know you would, God's hell, wouldn't join me on this one. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I will not be joining you on this one. You'll watch every second, though. Oh, absolutely. In support, you already know. Um, you have to be at least 21 years or older by the time of applying for the okay, game. Okay, I got that. You are legally a resident of the U.S. I got that. You must be available to take part in the program for up to four weeks, uh, currently anticipated to be in early 2023. I got um, that. You must hold a valid passport for the whole period of filming if selected. and will. I can get that. The right and be able to travel to various locations as we specify. If I can do the previous. Um, you are not employed, engaged, and have not been previously employed or engaged by any company with A3 or A113 Media Group or Netflix and not 
or worker of any company within the A113 Media Group or not. Unless the uh, corded company somehow got themselves tied up from that from Maryland Live Casino somehow, I think I'm good. Alright, well then all you would have to do after this is upload Give them $10? One minute video after filling out the application telling them so, telling them about yourself and why you want to be on Squid Game the Challenge, what your game plan would be, what you would do with the huge cash prize if you won, if any, if you have any problems with creating a video upload, please email support at squidgamecasting.com. Uh, by the way, vote for Dan Glennon because I'd vote for him and, and you can Glennon too. Is a vote for Dan Glennon. And it will be counted, even if it doesn't win. Speaking of votes, uh, Democrats have recently been caught up in a bit of a scandal. Uh, there are some, a group of Democrats who have taken to buying ads touting some of the most extreme pro-Trump candidates in Republican primaries around the country, meddling in GOP contestants, set up to make them more favorable for their matchups in November. Speaking of dystopian realities, whoa, 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 whoa. what the fuck, <laughs> Democrats? No, no. So I don't know if I read that coherently, but let me break it down for you guys once again. There are a group of Democrats going around the country who are buying ads for extreme pro-Trump candidates in hopes that they will win their Republican primaries and the Democrats will be able to take on the crazy person and look better come November. In Mississippi? All over the place. Um, Are they trying this in um, Mississippi? California, Colorado. All right, those kind of make sense. Illinois. I mean, going Illinois. on down South Park, gonna have myself a time. Friendly faces everywhere. Humble folks without temptation. Going down to South Park, gonna no. leave my friends behind. No. Ample parking day or night. Um, we tried this with Hillary Clinton. But. In 2016. We also were talking about no one knows the lyrics to the South Park theme song. And the part where everybody always get mixed up, it's ample parking day or night so we, everybody shouting howdy neighbor so we tried this in 2016 right we all joked around about how funny it was and how absurd the idea of donald trump being president was right like everybody was like haha he came down from a golden can, escalator can, can can i confess something go for it do you want to know who I voted for in the 2016 election? Wasn't it Mickey Mouse? It was Greg Popovich. Do you know who Greg Popovich is? Isn't he a coach? He's the coach of the San Antonio Spurs. I was thinking if he can make the playoffs in the Western Conference for 21 years in a row, he could probably run a country for four. Do you know how brutal the Western Conference is during that entire span? He had to go through Shaq and Kobe. Then the Kobe resurgence. The Golden State Warriors. The Seven Seconds or Less Suns. 
Donald Trump went through a myriad of other Republican GOP candidates. You would have felt um, a thousand them, times better with Greg Popovich in office than Trump. I guarantee you. Some of them were highly favored. The Democrats had every option to choose somebody more favorable than Hillary Clinton. But in the end, uh, sense of sensibility did not while the Democrats had the, you know, choice to choose their candidate, just a friendly reminder from the January 6th hearing that no, the vice president did not have the authority to overturn the election or send electoral ballots back to the states for a 10-day resubmission. No, that is nowhere in the 12th Amendment. It is not ambiguous. If you're trying to read too far into that one sentence, even though it is written in passive voice, taking away authority from the vice president when he is speaking in front of the Senate. <laughs> hey, calm down, people. Get at him. Look, these January 6th hearings got Zig fired up. Listen, I've watched right? every minute. I saw that shit Bill Barr was talking. Bill Barr was out here handing out all You're the like, did you, you hear Bill Barr's testimony? And I'm like, yes. My man was yes, like, I did. It was all They've used it multiple times it was because they keep like resetting. All right, so <laughs> you know the meme with Charlie from Always Sunny where it's Pepe Sylvia? Imagine the board, but it makes fucking sense. I mean, we all know that it makes sense. We've all been saying what he is doing is crazy talk from the beginning. It's only his supporters that think that it makes sense. And here is where we are really going to find out how... So, the only reason I think these January 6th hearings are important, right... Is because at the end of it, we will figure out how invested, how deeply ingrained and indoctrinated the Trump train really is. Honestly, do you want to know what's, to me, the most important part? It will be documented in United States of America National Archives forever i understand when you're talking about like the macro perspective right but like what i'm talking about is like in the moment right we will truly get a temperature check for how extreme the far right is into their investment in trumpocracy you remember right. how when I was talking last week about me doing heroin when I was in like my 70s and I'd just be like, I'm about to die, fuck it. Pretty sure that's where Trump's at. He's like, I'm about to die. Let's see how far I can push this revolution. I mean, that's pretty much what Bill Barr was saying, right? Like, it, he, he got to a point where he was desperate and he wasn't willing to accept the fact that he had lost despite his best efforts and this was his last ditch effort to see how much control he really had over the situation right? yeah uh, apparently according to uh the three january 6th hearings that have happened to date like i said i have watched all of them there are only two people who are really leaning into this overthrown election thing and that was trump and trump's bottom dr eastman 
Happy Pride Month, <laughs> everybody. So Dr. Eggman... Not like there's anything wrong with that. So Dr. Eggman and Dr. Eastman... I'm just saying that he might find himself more comfortable with Donald Trump falls at his belt. I'm just saying you'll get that joke when you're editing. Donald Trump has yet to testify, and I, this so this wasn't even the court case that he was subpoenaed to testify in, right? No, this was... That's, that's, he's, that's for the thing. New York court case. Yeah. People are looking for, like, legal ramifications from the January 6th hearings. It's not going to happen. The importance of these hearings is any time that it will ever be referenced in a governmental setting, they will have to go to this hearing. So you say that, right? But recently, as a development of some of the testimony and um, the investigation that has been held since January 6th, they are now pursuing a new charge not campaign finance fraud, but it's like finance fraud of some degree based on the fact that after the election, Donald Trump and them were taking donations from supporters under the guise of paying for the legal fees that they were going to occur from challenging the election results, right? And it has been found in this investigation that the foundation that they claimed the money was going to never fucking existed. <laughs> and instead it was being funneled into different like Trump supporter packs and stuff like that and uh, being used to pay off Trump hotels and things of that nature. So... Yeah, well, I mean, if we're talking about money getting redirected, let's talk about uh, Representative Lauren Boebert. Okay, how, how how does Lauren Boebert tie in to money being redirected? So, uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, before she decided to um, run for office, she was convinced by uh, the Honorable Ted Cruz uh, that she might want to run for office. During the time that she happened to be an escort... Oh, Oh, I do declare. And during the early days of her political campaign, Ted Cruz made a sizable donation of $25,000 to her campaign. You mean the same Ted Cruz who got uh, caught retweeting porn in the middle of the night? Excuse me. That's the Honorable Ted Cruz. The Honorable Ted Cruz who got caught retweeting porn that looked suspiciously like his wife in the middle of the night. <laughs> Maybe that's a sign of true love. Um, so, I don't know if this is a newsflash for anybody who may be listening. Um, shout out to our new listener. Here on the Flood Podcast, do not sex shame, right? We do not shame sex workers. So what we are not going is shame Lauren Boebert for being an escort. What, what we, we are going to do, however, is shame her for being a hypocrite and absolute and fucking shaming Ted Cruz for, for also being a hypocrite and continuing to prove to be a smarmy, pervy Wolverine in human skin. To quote Uma Thurman, Lauren, if Bobert, you got it, 
flaunt it. However, Ted Cruz, I would prefer. You look like a fucking out of shape old man Logan. I just need Ted Cruz to like own his truth at this point. Every other Republican is doing it. Who's who's Matt Gates down in Florida? You know he owned his perversion. Greg Abbott in Texas. I bet has, you Matt Gates wishes yo, he could change his last name to Matt Straight. Your compatriot in Texas, Greg Abbott, right? He's owned his level of crazy. Yeah, no, your compatriot in Texas, you know, Greg Abbott, right? The governor of your state is fully leaning into being Yosemite Sam after the Uvalade shooting. So why not just own your pervy Canadian identity? Why not just own the libs? Speaking of owning the libs, a Cincinnati police officer by the name of Eric Wada was placed on administrative leave without pay. It's like, nah, that nigga was fired. After <laughs> refusing to get tattoos removed from his hands that he remorsefully had regretted getting in the first place after everything was said and done. The police officer had gotten pure and evil tattooed on his right and left knuckles, and now he's trying to get his job back. Wait a second, clearly they're misunderstanding. That has to be some like Faustian representation where the pure side has the angel and the evil side has the devil, So right? It's not like he totally just takes the two and puts them together and faces to other people where it says pure evil to the other people, right? So that's actually what he claims is really happening, that the tattoos are being misinterpreted and that, you know, one hand is supposed... He's claiming he's got, like, the, uh... Time out. He's claiming he's got the Radio Raheem thing going on where it's like love and hate, but instead of love and hate, it's pure and evil. All right, is this guy white? Yes, he is white. I'm giving him balls and credit for that reference. <laughs> Two. He didn't say he he didn't say he was doing the Radio Raheem thing. I'm saying he's doing the Radio. Oh, Raheem. that's different. He's but he is saying that that is what he meant. He's not saying that he's pure evil. He's saying on one hand you have pureness and on the other hand you have evil and that the tattoos are being misinterpreted. And I'm saying it was very poor judgment as a police officer. So Eric Wado was released from his job after 16 years on the force in April for four months after a superior officer first noticed the hand tattoos. Uh, the Cincinnati Police Department did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but internal records obtained by the news station that initially reported on it, NBC, Cincinnati's NBC News affiliate, allegedly Wada was initially reassigned to work in the department's impound lot in December in an attempt to limit his interactions with the public uh, after complaints about him and his hand tattoos. Wada alleged that the tattoos were never meant to convey that he was the one who was pure evil, but instead represented the struggle between purity and evil. According to the news station, regardless of the meaning behind the tattoos, the ink defied department policy that forbid officers from getting tattoos on their hands as well as their face, neck, and head. 
Officer Wade's tattoos do not promote the professional and neutral image of the Cincinnati Police Department and are injurious to the public trust. And unnamed Cincinnati police captain wrote in a summary of Wade's disciplinary hearing. According to local NBC affiliate officer, Wade's message also has the very real possibility to cause extraordinary damage to police community relations both locally and nationally. He's also not been in good graces around the police department for the last couple of years. He's been um, reprimanded for doing things like burnouts in the police parking lot. Oh, boy! <laughs> and also has been reproached for cussing when responding to police calls for assistance. He could be working at a Burger King spitting on your end of rings. <laughs> or out in the parking lot circling, doing donuts, screaming, I don't give a fuck. Uh, the Vice News report says he has a less than stellar attendance rate and an unsatisfactory annual reviews over the last four years and is a far cry from the accommodations he's received from the department since 2012 and 2013 for his part in the investigation apprehending suspects. Do you feel like he is rightfully being targeted for his tattoos or do you feel like this is to play devil's advocate, tattoo discrimination. This is tattoo discrimination. You think 100% that this is just tattoo discrimination? This is tattoo discrimination. After hearing more about the guy himself, because I feel like a guy who would do burnouts and donuts in the parking lot of his place of work when he is a fucking cop probably doesn't make the best decisions, right? And he said that. He said that he regrets getting the tattoos. And the only reason he doesn't want to get them or hasn't gotten them removed is because it would cost too much money. Can you imagine watching cops do burnouts in the fucking parking lot, yo? You'd be like, yo, what the fuck is this? You're calling this tattoo discrimination, but I feel like, I just feel like there's bad taste for the job. Right? Like, you see, if he, if this be, was br all brought up before he was caught doing donuts, it would definitely be tattoo discrimination. However, me being punk rock, I kind of just like by default have to say it's tattoo discrimination. Do you think there is a limit though to? Oh yeah, Nazi punks fuck off. So, a cop having pure evil tattooed on his knuckles, you don't feel like pushes the limit of, like, I guess, job professional. Well, no, right? because I listen to them and I hear why they got something put into their knuckles that could possibly mis be misconstrued. Maybe they have a reason for doing that. So, yes, I would ask this person why they have pure evil. Is that meant? to be one sentence or is that meant to be separate are you, or is a part of a whole are you giving your political answer right now no because as long as they don't get caught i'm just like okay so is there any profession where you would consider a certain kind of tattoo distasteful at a doctor's office right and your doctor had i don't know kurt cobain getting his brains blown out. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say, you, a rabbi with a swastika tattoo probably doesn't work. <laughs> or like a teacher with like 1776 tattooed on his neck. Or right? just a bunch of small children. 
Like, if you run into a teacher and they have all of the, like, Peanuts kids tattooed on them, they're probably a predator. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you feel like that's... I don't mean, like, like you could have one or two. Maybe even three, but if you all of them... But, like, mm. a full sleeve, though, right? Like, a full like, mmm... I don't know, right? So that's the that's the sticky situation here, right? So pure evil tattooed on a cop's knuckles. You do you feel like that's too far? I feel like that has questions because you can separate the knuckles. Just like you can bind them together, you can pull them apart and separate them and pull them away. All within the agency of oneself, controlled by the one mind between the two. And then which we balance purity and evil i thought this was some wild transition but now i feel like you were just uh shit posting uh or maybe the tattoo is that simple because let me tell you about a personal story of mine oh there you go that's right your personal story where i have to take my shirt off <laughs> so i have this tattoo the first tattoo i got is on my left shoulder there was no need for him to tell you guys that he was taking his shirt off, but- I need to show you that. Also, if we can score homoerotic points on the algorithm- All of our listeners- Will take it. To know that he was taking his shirt off. This tattoo is a bird- On his a, shoulder. On my shoulder is a, a skeletal bird with a, a cloak over it's her very vulture eyes, very vulture-esque, perched on a leaking hourglass of blood. Because he is a 229-year-old vampire. That is false! That tattoo is not what that means! I joked with Kenny, if I ever had somebody come to me and ask me what that tattoo meant, then I would play it up and be like, you see, like, the bird is blind, and the hourglass is blood representing our lives running out, and the vulture is circling, unbiased, waiting for the end. About three years later, Kenny and I are going to Six Flags. It's like 10.30 in the morning and I'm wearing a tank top in Starbucks. And this like 40, Just early 40 top, something you year- You picking it in Starbucks? Shut up, let me continue my story. <laughs> I know, this is the whitest shit you've heard all week. Yeah, well, you just said, I'm wearing a tank top in Starbucks and I'm like- On the way to top. Six Flags. On the way to Six Flags. Six Flags America, so that kind of neutralizes it. Uh, this 40-something-year-old woman with her, like, 8-year-old daughter, she goes, Oh, I really like your tattoo! Is that, like, representing of, like, our lives, like, running out? And I look at Kenny, and Kenny looks right at me, and he knows exactly the conversation that we had. And I, I just, I just didn't have the heart. I was just like, no, nah, it's album artwork. I'm sorry. So you got the whole tattoo. You got the whole ass tattoo, right? 
You came up with the whole ass story. Yeah, 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 the story. People, no, I'm, no, you came up with the whole ass story that you was gonna tell people about the tattoo and its meaning because of how obscure and artistic it looked, and the one opportunity you had to tell people about your crazy scheme. You chickened out. <laughs> no, I feel like it was more of like a, like. Like checking if this is a glitch in the Matrix, because after <laughs> how do you explain that? Because after I was like, no, nah, it's album artwork, and she was just like, oh, that's so cool for what band? And I'm like, In Flames, they're a Swedish melodic death metal band, and she's like, oh, really? I was Swedish a huge fan melodic. of Slayer. Like, I saw them twice, you know, back in the early eight, in like the late 1980s. Swedish. Melodic death metal. Yeah. What a word jamble. <laughs> it's basically if you take Slayer and then substitute the guitar with Iron Maiden guitar. I was going to say, it's like if you take Slayer and substitute the singing with One Direction. I mean, I'll play you some In Flames. Like, no, they're fucking you great. you don't need to play me In Flames. It was a joke. Like... When I hear the term Swedish melodic death metal, that's what the, just just because of the word melodic. Well, if we're gonna talk about jokes that possibly can get taken out of context, let's just pull out one that I saw uh, the other day. Apparently, seven Stephen Colbert staffers were arrested for trespassing at the U.S. Capitol. What? <laughs> trying to film a comedy skit. Some of the GOP, and I'm not sure how ironically they are saying this, are comparing it to January 6th. And I don't know if that's them saying that it's very serious or if it's not serious at all. I, mm, that part, right? Because I feel like they are saying it ironically, but. And I'm saving the best part of this for last. With what level of irony, I'm not quite sure. Um... So, it was seven staffers, kind of eight. Kind of eight? They were arrested with Triumph, the insult comic dog. Oh my god. Really? So, do you think they were filming, like, some kind of January 6th skit? Yep. They obviously, right? And It's Colbert. And they achieved, like, the ultimate endgame of that, right? Like, they were actually kicked off of and arrested. That's a prime example of any press is good press. I, I'm saying that's the endgame of that. We're game. covering I, it, so... If you bring out Triumph the Comedy Dog, right? Triumph the Comedy Dog? If you... <laughs> if you bring out Triumph... <laughs> If you bring out Triumph the Insult Comic Dog to do a January 6th riot skit, the best thing that could happen to you is getting arrested, right? By Captain what would Clint? Triumph the Comedy Dog be like? Like, like, clean Triumph. I'm imagining, like, whew, it's like Garfield mixed with Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking more like... Something in between uh, Dice Clay and uh, and Jim Jeffries, right? <laughs> Let's That's take an entire change of subject here. Okay. 
There was a mega drop on media. A mega drop on media, you say? A mega drop on media. What sort of? Media? An MDOM. An MDOM. Oh, mega drop on media. media. Uh, what sort of MDOM are we talking about? Jake? Square Enix MDOM specifically. Oh, a major gaming conglomerate Square Enix had a major drop. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 of 3 confirmed. Part three two parts. Of 3. So, 3 parts of Part 2 or 3 This is Part 2, two of 3. three they never announced how long the right. remake would be. So, now they're confirming how They're long confirming the it will be 3 parts. Okay. And that the next part will be Part 2. And that it will be out next year on uh, PS5. 2023 PS5 exclusive. You have heard it here, folks. So how excited for that news are you? I'm thrilled. I'm just not thrilled about having to find a PS5. Uh, good luck trying to find a PS5 where stores are currently setting up like waiting lists and like there's all kinds of different platforms and apps that people have out now. Look, I've played enough PS2, 3, and 4 and Metal Gear games all across, then I should figure out how to get to the front of that line. People are able to get Even if it's with a box. People are able Maybe to... even an Xbox. People are able to get their hands on Xbox mini fridges and still can't get their hands on PS5s at the moment. So hopefully by this time, this new Final Fantasy uh, installment hit. There's more! You'll be able to get your hands on one. From Square Enix. Like I said, it was a mega drop. No, I hear you. Keep rolling. They are also doing a Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core remaster released across all systems, as far as I'm sure. As far as I know. And Crisis Core is the story of Zack, which is the prequel to Final Fantasy VII. That's the dude that Link gets his whole personality. The Link... All right, damn, damn. Uh, you try to explain yourself. I'm going to cut the music here. No, because that's going to get edited out. No, it's not. I'm going to do that all over again. <laughs> that's the dude that Zelda gets his whole personality. Or damn. <laughs> this is definitely getting, not getting edited out now. <laughs> it's like cloud is sitting in the back of my head right like i literally had cloud right there you know it would be extra funny if you wanted to say cloud but then we made you say another legend of zelda character it's like next i was gonna go nah it's ganondorf right like ganondorf is this whole personality from zach and uh no it's running man the, he gets his whole personality from running man the ocarina of time the prequel to the Final Fantasy series, uh, the Crisis Contract. Um, <laughs> so the Final Fantasy VII prequel by Square Enix and will come out before or after the next part of the Final Fantasy series. It'll come out before. It'll come out before. And hopefully it'll be more edited than this episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm sure you'll do a beautiful job editing, just like they've done a beautiful job remastering and revitalizing the uh, Final Fantasy series in a way that 
really benefits the hardware that the new systems are coming with. There's more! Oh. Not only is there more, but there is Kingdom Hearts 4! Uh, I didn't even, yeah, oh, this is the Kingdom Hearts where Sora doesn't have the big shoes anymore, right? Like... This is the Kingdom Hearts where something happens. Kingdom Hearts is like Harry Potter in my mind at this point, right? It's like, oh damn, that's still going. Damn, Voldemort's still a thing. <laughs> like I said last week, I'm literally just waiting for a Marvel character or a Star Wars character or a Simpson. In, I mean, in all the, the franchises that Disney owns now, it is entirely possible. They, uh, they just need to cross the MCU barrier one way, and then all of Kingdom Hearts I'll, lore explodes. I would almost put money that one of the Avengers will make an appearance in this Kingdom Hearts game and I would put extra money on it being the Hulk. Really? If not the Hulk, then Loki. Maybe Scarlet Witch. What other characters from Marvel? Yeah. Give me your top three characters from Marvel that you think would be most likely to make an appearance in Kingdom Hearts. Well, I mean, besides cheaty face, Doctor Strange. Really? Doctor Strange? Mirror Dimension! Uh, okay. Alright. I could put... Especially with the Multiverse of Madness. Like, yeah. It, it, it's possible. Like, the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and Loki and Jonathan Majors. Like, I want... You know what would be cool for Kingdom Hearts? For them to just, like, crash on, like, normal Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's then to just run into, like actual Jonathan Majors if and like all of like, these actors that they run into and all of these worlds and they're just like no my name is Orlando Bloom uh, and everybody looking at Zora like yo why are you what's your name so Zora why are you coming to me I just got out of court with my ex that's why he gonna get rid of his big shoes cause they gonna crash land on earth and somebody gonna look at him and be like what are those they'll be like Where's the genie? Where's the genie? And then somebody says, Robin Williams died seven years ago. Wow. 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 Do we have any other drops from Square Enix? No. But as I was talking with you and Dez earlier tonight, I had a realization when I feel like I made a fucking fire-ass joke and he said that that shit was corny. And you know what I realized? What did you realize? Dad <laughs> humor is actually <laughs> elevated <laughs> humor. And the only reason that kids call it dad humor is because they're not advanced enough to understand. Wow, so you're saying that people who don't get dad humor or don't find dad humor... Are immature and childish, mm. yes. Mm. Wordplay is fun! Speaking of wordplay, Drake, who some would say is the, one of the most influential rappers of like the current like pop culture stream, uh, dropped an album on Friday that caught everybody by surprise. Honestly, never mind. An album totaling around 14 tracks. Whoa, 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 whoa. Honestly, never mind, because I know Nevermind is one of the greatest albums, selling albums of all time. So Drake's album, honestly, honestly never, never mind. mind. Not to be confused with Nevermind. 
Not which is one of the greatest selling albums of all time. Confused with Certified Lover Boy um, was a completely different artistic direction for Drake, uh, which caught a lot of people off guard. This album mainly consisting of like deep house instrumental production, quite the experiment for Drake and was received with controversial appeal. I have now listened to the record several times. Um, like Certified Lover Boy, it does take some time to settle in and mature a bit. Uh, uh, except upon... for You Only Live Twice, Rick Ross's verse. The moment I heard that, I'm like, alright, save this shit. So, upon first listening to Honestly Nevermind, I was with everybody else in the bunch, and I felt like the, uh, the album was garbage. Straight Doogie Water, son. Um, I the was... beats were great. So that's the... from okay. what I've heard. I like this album for the same reason that I said I like Views, the production. When I say the album is Doogie Water, I don't mean the production, right? Like Drake definitely is... not the production. Drake We've talked is about this on this pod. Enough... He's always good for production. Drake is rich enough at this point to always have good production behind his experiments and behind some of the more riskier avenues that he takes when it comes to his songwriting and um, some of his song selections. I felt like the actual substance of this album was lacking, right? Um, And that is a conclusion I came to around my third or fourth listen of this album, right? Like, Damn, you really put three or four listens into this album. That's real commitment. Because... You have, at the moment, the internet hype around the album, right? Like, there is this hype train brewing with, like, the likes of J. Cole um, calling the album phenomenal, and Joey Badass pushed his album off a little bit and promoted Drake's album, calling it a good listen, right? Like That's because, ha-ha, he's rich as fuck! I feel like, like, I, uh, I, I get it. I feel like Drake is playing a numbers game here. And because he's rich as fuck! He knew DJs were going to be able to spend in the clubs this summer, right? Like, this whole house vibe, it's something that has been trending in a lot. Uh, The electronic scene is coming back pretty heavy. I've just just been telling Spotify to play lo-fi and trip-hop to me. Uh, Bedroom pop. uh, The Weeknd and Tory Lanez both put out those... Haunted strip club music. Right. Dua Lipa is bringing back, like, the disco shit. So Drake decided to dip his toe... You want to take a ride on my disco trip? ...to house music. And as far as, like, like like I said, the instrumental beat selection, those are all fire. The level of production is there. But I feel like, here's what I get into, and this is why this album is mid to me. The vocals, dog. Like, even with the shallow lyric choice, right? And even with as shallow as Drake is. The vocals are just, like, they're off. It feels phoned in. A lot of this shit is very the uh, surface level. There's no real, like... He, he talks about... It like, almost self- feels like this album... The way you're describing this album almost feels like he made it strictly as an answer to what else was going on. Uh, absolutely. Because, like, uh, as I'm saying, like, there is no... Like, he talks about self-discovery, right? And self-acceptance and things 
of those themes on this album, but all of that feels more or less like a way to brag about the level of notoriety and success that he has reached at this point, right? It almost feels like Drake made a house album to be like, I'm so fucking famous, I don't even have to try anymore. Cause I'm rich as fuck! <laughs> I beat out Kanye West in our little album war, and Kendrick can drop Mr. Morale in the big in the <laughs> big steppers, and I'm gonna put out a fucking house album <laughs> because I'm Drake, and you don't expect that kind of shit from me. As far as tracks go on here, I did like the tracks Sticky and Overdrive, and of course everybody likes Jimmy Crook or, or Jimmy Cooks, which is the only like real rap song on the album. This is something that I feel like you can put it in the background. A lot of people are joking around that this sound like H&M music, like it's Zara music, the kind of shit that you would hear as you're shopping at like a fucking Aero Pastel or some shit like that. It's like a more socially acceptable night at the Roxbury. It's a, it's a night at a rooftop lounge kind of atmosphere. I'm not saying the album. What is love? Baby, she hurt me. It's not bad. It's just hot mid and I wish that people would stop pretending like it's anything other than It's that. Drake going I'm still here He's apparently teasing another album after this one which I feel Is like Is it called the album of Adidon? Ha 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 which is I feel like par for the course My dad's um, gone crazy Put out this experimental album right to get people talking about how he may be actually falling off and then he's gonna come behind it with something more akin to what we were expecting from Drake. Just so, because it's predictable doesn't mean it's normal. None of this shit is normal. That's it for this week's episode of The Flood with Doc and Ziggy. I thank you guys again for joining us. And just remember to check out TokenMTG.com if you need Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Flesh or Blood, Yu-Gi-Oh, card supplies, or board games, anything like that. Use the promo code Ziggy and get 10% off of your order. And also remember to keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and at the Flood Pod anywhere you got socials, and that's on everything. And that's on everything. And you guys be safe out there. We'll catch you all next week. Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Voting time Open all the doors And let you into The capital Voting time There's a gallo outside And every boy and every girl Is running through the hallways Chanting in always 
hang my pants again. Wow. Wow. Voting time! You don't have to go home, but I you did. can't win here. I, I know who I need to certify. I know whose votes need to certify. I know whose votes need to certify in their trumps. How long did you work on that? You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.